Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. We are back live from the Sunbury Motors studio. Steve is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Today's show also brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home auto, life business, RV, boat, especially for this time of the year, the true professionals. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or purdyinsurance.com. And if you haven't done so yet, the deadline is quickly approaching to sign up for the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. And of course, we'll be doing the show live from the Susquehanna Valley Country Club on Wednesday, August 4th. And as always, we look forward to that. So it is good to be back here live. Hope everyone enjoyed their holiday weekend. It was a busy one. It was a hot one. But hope everybody enjoyed the holiday weekend, and we're back at it today, and we have a lot of good guests coming up to get things going again. Wednesday, tomorrow, today's Tuesday, with the short week, tomorrow we'll have Greg Pickle, now at Blue White Illustrated, at 4.35 today, uh, uh, tomorrow rather, to talk uh, name, image, and likeness and what's gone on so far since that's now become law in Pennsylvania and a few other states. Then we're going to have the now retired Mark Zumoff, 76ers TV voice, Thursday at 4.06 after he made that announcement late last week. I talked about it briefly in Friday's show. Well, Mark was kind enough to join us at 4.06 on Thursday, so really looking forward to that. And then next Tuesday, we're going to have Phil Steele on for his usual preview of the college football season. Always good information, always good in depth. So we'll look forward to that next week as well. So we got a couple big things going on here. Now today, it has been quite an active day for, the, for Big Ten hoops. A lot of big moves have been, have been made and have been announced that is going to certainly affect the season next year. Hunter Dickinson now coming back to Michigan instead of going pro. 
But Kofi Coburn from Illinois has decided to not go pro, and now he's in the transfer portal. There's still, I guess, some hope that they can he can return to the Illini, but he's now in the transfer portal. So that's very, very interesting to keep an eye on here with the with the Big Ten. Marcus Carr from Minnesota also in the transfer portal. And he's considering uh, Texas, I believe, Kansas, mostly Big 12 schools. So you talk about some couple of different n- no- number of notable names that's certainly going to affect Big Ten play next year. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Then, of course, the Canadians able to stay off elimination last night get the W and OT at home against Tampa Bay that's been a really disappointing series so far I don't know if the Canadians have just ran out of gas I think there's definitely some clear matchup issues for them it's all about matchups but I just thought that would be a much better series and I just thought they were just playing much better defense and they were just getting aggressive they finally got back to that a little last night but I I, I think Tampa is gonna be gonna find a way to clinch it at home on a tomorrow night which I guess would be kind of nice for them because of course in winning the cup last year everybody was in the bubble in Edmonton so you didn't see that had they won last night they may have obviously they would have been on the road again but so now they return home on uh, uh, tomorrow night as they now lead the series three games to one welcome back sir good to be back how was your vacay? Excellent. Had a great time. Down to Bethany Beach. Entire family was there. We had a blast, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, enjoyed it very much. Well, good. Uh, Mark Zumoff later in the week. Neil Kulong today. Uh, Phil Steele next week. So we got some things cooking here. Got a lot of news to get to as well. And... <laughs> Then we also have to get to the Garrett Cole spider tech and your guy Chapman. The stats are not pretty. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Remember when he had the awkward press conference? I said, uh, he's going to be the guy you're going to have to look at. Uh, guess what? It isn't turning out well. Now let's get to the news first, and then we'll get to the to the stuff where Matt squirms. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot I have to say about the Yankees, but let's stick to this first. Yeah. So let's get to the news first. First of all, you expected the month of June with all the camps. The official visits, finally uh, the dead period ending in college football, and we know how Penn State recruits, that they would be a big-time verbal commitment player when it was all said and done. So far, they have five verbal commitments coming out of the month of June. Now, obviously, I can't get into it. I'm not allowed to. It's you know under NCAA rules, I can't. But the 
they took advantage of that time, and they're not done. I mean, there's another announcement coming later today at 5 o'clock. So it's already been a fruitful opening week of July that was set up by everything they've done, and then obviously June. So that's the football part, and training camp gets underway, I think, August 5th or 6th, I think, is when training camp starts. We're a month away from that. All right. That's one. Number two, it was great to see people get out and about. The State College Spikes at Medler Field Lebron Park, which seats 5,570. The all-time record for attendance there was 6,111, set in 2016. The 4th of July, Sunday night, 7,183. More than 1,000 over the record to see the game and then the fireworks. People were just aching to just get out and do something. And not only that, there were thousands more outside the ballpark just watching the fireworks. And it was kind of fun yesterday because Kevin Karstetter grew up in State College. A little kid would go to State College Spikes games. Spikes had their first walk-off win of the season yesterday. He delivered the base hit to win it. So a little hometown flavor. The draft for the major leagues will be next week. Lots of college basketball news. We're 126 days away from the start of the college basketball season. So let's run down all the college basketball news. Then we'll get to the fun stuff on Garrett Cole. It's really a lot of fun. You'll love it. It's terrific. What? You don't seem very happy. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. So let's get to the comings and goings as you try to keep track of this. So we'll do this all really from a Penn State perspective as to who they're playing. So let's go to uh, Michigan first. Because Michigan, Hunter Dickinson announced today, the big center, the seven-foot center, he is going back to Michigan. He's withdrawing from the NBA draft. Not only that... But they also had one other player that's a transfer from Coastal Carolina. Devontae Jones, who had been in the NBA draft, transferred to Michigan. He pulled his name out, so Dickinson and, and Jones are both back at Michigan. Kofi Coburn of Illinois, the seven-foot center, today pulled his name out of the draft. But he's also now in the transfer portal. We already know Wisconsin based on the tape that was released as a mess. And you know you're a mess that when you have a private meeting and somebody records it on their phone and then leaks it to the media, you're a real mess when that happens. Well, Illinois is very much the same way. And Dick and I got a feeling about them something wasn't quite right. But I would assume it was going to the NBA draft no matter what, so he's out of this conversation. Adam Miller was a freshman, started every game. 
and transferred. He ended up going to LSU, whom Penn State will face Thanksgiving weekend. But Miller went to LSU. He left. Georgie Bashanishvili, now this is a break for broadcasters, by the way, also left. Kept his name in the NBA draft. He, he has as much chance of being drafted as Matt does. All right. But he's probably going to play professionally, I think, in Australia. In Austria. I'm sorry, Austria, I think. Because that's where his family is now. His family, he actually grew up in Georgia. And I don't mean the one that borders Florida, the one that borders Russia. And he's going to go to Austria. So he left. Coburn is going to leave. But people also forget the two assistant coaches left, including Orlando Antigua, who ended up at Kentucky. Guess where Coburn's leaning? Kentucky. They're a mess. When you look at Iowa, the National Player of the Year, obviously, is Luca Garza. But as I've said repeatedly on this show 15, 20 times, I thought the best pro prospect on the Iowa team was Joe Wieskamp. Wieskamp is staying in the NBA draft. He's leaving Iowa. Ohio State, Dwayne Washington, their high-scoring guard, staying in the NBA draft. But E.J. Liddell, their 6'7 inside player, is going back to Ohio State. Isaiah Wong is withdrawing his name from the NBA draft. Why is that significant for Penn State? He plays for Miami. Miami is Penn State's ACC opponent December 1st. Under the category of, you have to be kidding me, and I say that with all due respect, Delano Banton of Nebraska is staying in the NBA draft. Looking around like, what? Who is advising you? <laughs> And uh, let's see. Who else is there? Was one there's in the three Oregon State players? You're like, what does that have to do with Penn State? Uh, Warith, uh Alatish, Maurice Kalu, and uh, the center, um, Roman Silva. All withdrew from the NBA draft going back to Oregon State. They are in that tournament in Destin. So Penn State could possibly play them. Penn State plays LSU first, then either Oregon State or Wake Forest in the second game. So those are the ones. So lots of college hoops news. I've got a name, image, and likeness story on Miami football. And up next, Garrett Cole and how he's reacted to the lack of spider tech. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. Here we go. Time to take a look at Matt's guys. The people he's banking on to get his team Oy. to the promised land. Yeah, that's not Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Untouchable. Untouchable. Until they, until Kryptonite hit him. Spider attack. Here we go. Here are the numbers on your guy when you were bragging and swaggering. <laughs> April and May, Garrett Cole, 11 starts, 70 and two-thirds innings, 1.78 ERA, 37% strikeout rate. Wow. Since Spider Tack was outlawed, and they're checking. Six starts, 34 and a third. A 5.24 ERA. Strikeout rate, 26%. That's your guy. Spin rate down 300 per pitch. Stunning. His velocity is a little bit better. 97.2 in April, May, 97.9 in June and July. Slugging percentage against him, 4423 now. Was 366. Woo. That's a big problem. Oh, he's bad. He was particularly bad in his last two starts. The previous three, Minnesota, Toronto, Kansas City, each of you gave up two runs. They weren't terrible, but not but not great, except for Toronto. Toronto went eight innings. But yeah, th- this is not a this is kind of an alarming trend right now, these last two starts. Alarming. Can't get it done. Then Chapman oh. can't find the strike zone. Seventy percent of his pitches with spider tack when it was legal. I'm not saying he used it, but was seventy percent. Now he's at forty-six percent of his pitches are strikes. Oh, and by the way, he can't find his fastball either. Right? I mean, he's walking everybody. Hit 43 strikeouts in his first 23 innings. Not anymore. Now they're belting him left and right. I mean, he's still throwing as hard as ever. The problem is, it's straight. Major League hitters can hit a straight pitch at any velocity. Spider attack. Is it Yankee kryptonite? Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Name, image, and likeness, of course, now a reality. And the suit hired extra operators to handle the requests. And they're all still waiting. 
S-U-I-T. That spells Suta. It's unbelievable. Yes. It's. I think he felt he could like in the, especially in the Benton market, he could capitalize. It's just not happening. All right. Um, okay. By the way, in the uh, college basketball part, Aaron Wiggins going in, into the NBA draft, leaving Maryland. So he, he's actually done pretty well in the pre-draft stuff. But Eric Ayala is going back to Maryland. All right, so now let's get to the name, image, and likeness money part. Now, this will be a big story, especially for a while. <clears throat> and if there's ever a big deal, it'll be something that will be written about. Once the games start, you, the fan, will be focusing on the winning and losing. And actually, the next big story that the fan will really care about will be the potential expansion of the college football playoff. But right now, it's a huge story. It just started. It's fresh. It's new. So a South Florida businessman has offered $540,000 in a name, image, and likeness endorsement deal to every member that is on scholarship of the Miami football team. Dan Lambert said in an interview with Kane Sport that he is offering Miami's 90 scholarship football players $500 monthly contracts to help promote his well-known American top team mixed martial arts training academies, most of which are scattered throughout the state of Florida. So players can earn up to $6,000 a year by promoting the gyms through social media, personal appearances, and other marketing tactics. An oversight for the offers through Lambert's own marketing company, which is appropriately named Bring Back the U. And essentially they will arrange other NIL deals for Hurricane players. So there you go. Now that's a team-wide one. The half-million-dollar deal, or $540,000, first eye-popping number in the NIL era even if the per-player sum ends up being less on a month-to-month basis, obviously. That's $500 extra a month. So there you go. I mean, players are signing left and right already. And we'll find out how each does. Now, how they do, that's going to be their business. That's great. But I think that once the games start, there'll be some initial story early. There may be a big deal that garners attention. But for the most part, it's going to be... I mean, do we really know, for example, what... Do we even know what Jalen Hurts or Ben Roethlisberger's advertising deals are? Do we know? I don't. I'm sure they have some. But it just gets to the point where, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is on a lot. State Farm. Now, Chris Paul, the NBA Finals start tonight. Now, Chris does have, by the way, an older brother who's two years older than he is, and actually was a really good player in his own right back in the day. 
But there is no Cliff Paul, okay? Just so you know. So State Farm commercials. I mean, I think Giannis has done a commercial. But for the most part, we don't know what the endorsement deals of these people are. And a lot of this stuff is going to be social media. It's going to be, for example, hey, the offensive line, come on down to whatever establishment. Sign autographs. Each one of you gets a check. The whole deal. Bring people in. Okay. It's fine. Maybe a com- commercial here or there. But it's going to be a lot of Instagram, YouTube. That's where they'll make money. But it's going to be done in such a way that you, know, you the fan, are not going to think about it, know about it, care about it. I mean, you're happy that they're all of you are happy they're getting money. That's fine. Right? I'm all, I'm all for what anybody can get. I mean guy like Matt, to me, Matt deserves more money. But I but I don't run the place. It's not my money. <laughs> so, so I'm happy for whatever anybody can get. And same story with this. But once the games start, I think everybody's going to care about the games. They're going to care more in the end about whether there are four or 12 teams in a college football playoff. That's what the fan will care about because that's what they're interested in. Now, the other stuff, yeah, they have some interest and there's a curiosity factor to it. But eventually this all settles down. And like it always happens in sports, it's still going to be about the games. It's going to be about performance. It's going to be about winning and losing, about Individual performances, things like that. You know, where they get drafted, who transfers, who stays, what's the schedule, is it a night game, is it a whiteout? As for um, But there'll be a, if there's a big deal, it'll be a big story. Right now, it's the off-season. It's a heavy curiosity factor. It'll be a story in all the media days leading up. It'll be a story the first, I don't know, maybe week, maybe two weeks. ESPN Game Day has to do a story on name, image, and like. This will be a big deal. But once we start getting into the season, now it settles down. Players will be able to make their money away from the field or court or whatever. But the games will take precedent, and that's what we're interested in, right, in the end. But that's certainly an interesting deal right out of the gate for Miami, that he wants to put that kind of money in right away, and a $540,000 investment. I mean, the suit has $540,000, but... It's in an offshore account. All right, so uh, what? And he doesn't spend any money, you know, so. Yes, very sp- much. He never spends. Right. I mean, we, we sit there and we go, to, you know, we'll go someplace and, you know, and every time the check comes, he conveniently is like, 
not there. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I was in washing my hands. <laughs> we already paid. Oh, do you need some cash? Oh, we already paid. <laughs> oh, goodness. And you know it's true. I do. <laughs> How about your Yankee report? I mean, I, I came loaded with stats. No. The only thing I was going to add is this team needs a shakeup. I don't care about the win Sunday night of the day-night doubleheader. That series against the Mets was an utter disaster and embarrassment, and it's time to move on from Booney. Now, he is not the main problem. I understand. This is more a personnel issue than him, but I don't think he's a great manager to begin with, and I think he had a terrible performance in the day portion of the day-night doubleheader. And I think you can use this as a as a major shakeup to the team with obviously more moves to have be made probably till the offseason or maybe even that at the deadline. Who knows? But it, it's time to make changes. This is not a good baseball team. Yeah, he would be a sacrificial lamb. I mean, look, I don't think he does anything to win games. For the most part, Aaron Boone's primary deal has been – as the manager of the team, he's done a very good job in his tenure up until this year of not losing games. How about that? And that in itself, by the way, is a plus. You're not the guy that loses games. Same way, you know, you go out, you make a good lineup, go out, you make, you know, you got to make pitching changes, things like that. He hasn't lost games for them. But now, for the first time, Aaron Boone is faced with a situation where he doesn't, he's not sitting there with more talent than the opposition. Now he's got to do a couple of extra things to win games. And either he, he looks around and he doesn't have the personnel to do it, distinct possibility, or um, uh, or he just doesn't have men to do it. It is amazing in baseball where analytics frowns on the running game, right? They want you to get on base, get a three-run homer. Now, that's simplistic, but that's about how analytics looks in baseball, okay? Now, let's say two teams, though, that are highly successful. The San, San Diego Padres run, and guess what? They've got you off balance the entire time. Padres are a good team. They run. Alex Cora has, you know, they may not be a, hey, we got four guys with 20 stolen bases. But, but, when Cora's there, the Red Sox, they did this in 18. They're back to doing it again this year. Selectively, they'll run. He'll do hit and run. He'll steal a base. 
he'll create situations where he can produce runs. Because what the Yankees, what the last month are averaging what four runs a game, four point one. Yes, and actually, right? I think it was yeah. ESPN had an unbelievable stat of a percentage of men on base that score. It's like bottom four, and actually almost worse than the Pirates. Well, here's for the Yankees, I'll give you an example. The Yankees have grounded into the second-most double plays in the majors behind Houston. Right. The, Yan- the Yankees have also been thrown out on the bases more than any team. So, I mean, that may cut down why he doesn't want to run. I don't know. But they, they're one of the worst base-running teams in baseball. They're just killing them. But to be honest with you, he has he has shown no willingness to come up with different solutions about that. And to add to that, one of the things your primary jobs for a manager and where you prove if you're you're good or or mediocre in this league is managing your pitching, especially managing the bullpen. Sure. And right. Boone, no as we've talked about this year, has been a little a little bit uh slow on the on the starters like he won't he won't let them go deep into games he's a little soft with them but the bullpen but, he's done pretty good but then this weekend yeah. i mean you're, you're putting you're putting adams in the in the sixth inning and i just it all depends or Chad on green trust. I, I, I don't understand it all depends on trust remember trust is a big part and if you're losing trust in somebody you don't go to them you go to the other guy you do trust Well, obviously he trusted him in game two because he struck out the sides. He had the immaculate inning. I, right. I, I don't know why you wouldn't go straight to him to be in the closing role since Britain's on the DL, too, with Chapman struggles. You want right. to move Chapman somewhere else, that's fine. But to put well, Chad Green you know in first and then put in Lu- can, Luigi, whoever his name is, in the can, seventh can I, inning? Can I talk about that for a second, though? It is amazing. There, How many guys were set-up guys that become closers? One of the rare ones is Mariano Rivera. Rivera was the setup guy for uh, John Wetland. That's right. Okay. And then when Wetland left, Mariano assumed the closer role. You realize how rare that is? Some guys do not thrive in the ninth inning. That's fair. For whatever reason. Some guys don't. Now, it's up to the manager to know who that is. That's a good point. But at this point, though, with everything just so thin and basically at rock bottom, what do you have to lose to point one your best pitcher that's left in that spot? Anyway, now we did it, of course, in game two. I get that. I'm talking about in game one against the Mets. I, I just I just don't understand it. But it is what it is. There's far more greater issues right now than the manager, but he's also not helping either. All right, so now our next story after the break will be about a change in the NBA broadcast team for the finals. Talk about that in a moment 
on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, so there'll be a change in the NBA Finals broadcast team. No, don't worry. Mike Breen is still very much there, thank goodness, who's one of the best in the business, both on and off the broadcast. He's the glue of that broadcast, to be honest with you. Mark Jackson, whom I think has shined during the playoffs, he's done some really great things that I just really, really like. You know, when the Suns and the Clippers had a problem at the end of the game, he explained right away no goaltending on an inbounds play. He explained how the Clippers, because they were timeouts and it was a review, had to have the same five guys on the floor. I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's really good stuff. That's what the fan needs to hear. Not that he's a PT peer. Okay. Jeff Van Gundy's always really good. It's going to be the sideline reporter. Rachel Nichols has been on the sidelines. Uh, but Malika Andrews is going to be there, who, by the way, was the – she's only 26. She was the sideline reporter in the NBA bubble last year. Did a very good job. Uh, she'll be the sideline reporter. Evidently, there is a huge rift between Maria Taylor, who hosts the NBA – studio show and Rachel Nichols said something about I guess last summer that was on camera even though she thought she was not on camera right so uh, I guess when you do meetings and stuff at ESPN apparently stuff can be recorded and go and, and goes back to Bristol and she was in her hotel room and I guess that was I guess she didn't realize it was a hot mic or whatever and then a, co- a colleague of hers recorded the re- that was back at Bristol recorded yeah. it on her phone, sent it to Maria Taylor, and sent it to everybody I guess across ESPN. And that person is the only one that's been disciplined so far uh, until now, with Rachel being pulled off of the finals coverage. No, I've never seen the show The Jump, so I have no idea if it's any good. I have not watched a studio show for. ESPN's basketball, so I and I have no idea if it's any good. Let me fill you in. It's not. <laughs> well, I just I'm saying I just haven't seen it. So I, I for me to comment would be wrong. I just don't know if it's any good. Um, because I I just watched the game, and the um, Maria Taylor's contract, by the way, is up after the finals. Evidently, according to Andrew Marchand, she wants Stephen A. Smith money, which is $8 million a year. Now, with all due respect, what's the key element to an all-sports network? The games... If individuals think they're worth $8 million, how much is Al Michaels worth? <laughs> how much is how much is Mike Bream worth? <laughs> All valid questions. I mean, now like you're worth you're worth whatever somebody deems to pay you. Like remember Matthew Stafford got the largest contract in the history of the NFL at that hour? And he'd never been in the playoffs. 
But to the Detroit Lions, who didn't have anybody else to turn to, that was his value. All right? So it just depends on what the company thinks your value is. So if they think Stephen A. Smith's value is $8 million, so be it great. But supposedly she wanted $8 million, was offered 5 and now the offer's off the table. So who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> 